Praise the Lord. Before you could just sit, I would like you to lift up your hands to the throne of God and ask God, speak to me today. I want to hear your voice. I do not want to go back the same way I came. Take everything that is not of me today. And Lord, I'm going to lay it at the altar. Father, each child who has raised their hands right now, I pray in the name of Jesus of Nazareth that they will receive your word. Your word will transform them. It will change them, correct them, rebuke them, edify them, and build them up, Lord God. Father, hide me behind the cross, Daddy. And I pray, Father, that your name alone will be glorified. Father, we want to lift up the name of Jesus. Your word says that when we do that, you will draw men unto you. That's your work, Lord God. All that we do, we lift up the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, take control. In Jesus' most precious and exalted name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. We are now continuing our fourth session on living a life of faith series. We started this about five months ago, and we are on the fourth session today. And I've titled today's message called, Victory Comes Through Faith in God Alone. Victory comes through faith in God. I've taken it from the book of Genesis. Can I have the slide, my sister? Genesis chapter 14, verses 13 to 16. Genesis chapter 14, verses 13 to 16 is our text for this afternoon. Then one who had escaped came and told Abraham the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre the Amorite, brother of Eshcol and brother of Anna, and they were allies with Abraham. Now, when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods, as well as the women and the people. Amen. One more scripture. We'll go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. 1 John chapter 5. I would encourage you, if you do not have a Bible, please share with somebody. Don't ever sit without a Bible. The enemy will take you for a ride. And that's not supposed to be your portion in Jesus' name. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Amen. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Even our faith that overcomes the world. The story of a successful Christian is a life of one of faith and victory, one of confrontation and conquest, of one with trials and triumphs. That's the life of a Christian. The moment you and I receive the Lord Jesus as our personal Savior, 
without your knowledge you will never not even know you will enter into a battle ground with the enemy automatically you go into a battleground the moment you give your life to Jesus Christ and the moment you decide to obey him obedience then you go into the battleground we have a common enemy all of us and his task he wants to steal kill and destroy god's children that's the only thing that he wants to do there's nothing else he wants to do but to kill steal and destroy he is out there to take everything that god has for us that's his only motive to take everything that god has in store for you and for me the way that we conquer or overcome this enemy is the faith in the presence the power and the faithfulness of our lord jesus christ is completed work amen the lord jesus said that he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly amen if you turn to the book of luke chapter 12 luke chapter 12 verse 32 luke 1232 the bible says in luke 1232 fear not little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom i want you to underline the word to give you the kingdom that's what god wants to do for every child of god he wants to give us the kingdom when god gives you and me the kingdom he also gives us the kingdom blessing that comes with the kingdom please pay attention when god wants to give us the kingdom he gives us the kingdom blessing that comes with the kingdom so the question is but the enemy doesn't want us to enjoy the kingdom blessing that god has in store for us however you might ask me brother claudy what is the kingdom of god so that we will know what are his blessings in it if you turn to romans chapter 14 Romans 14 and verse 17 let us turn to Romans 14 verse 17 for the kingdom of god is not eating and drinking wait the kingdom of god is not about eating and drinking and that's what's happening in many of the churches sorry to say that lot of eating and drinking is taking place but what is the kingdom of god yes brother but righteousness and peace and one, joy one minute brother it's of right. number 1 righteousness number 2 peace peace number 3 joy and how does all this come it comes in the holy, holy spirit. spirit not apart from the spirit but only you should have the spirit of the living god who makes everything possible in your life in jesus name the kingdom of god is where god is ruling in your life to produce the kingdom of god is where god is ruling in your life to produce number 1 righteousness to produce peace to produce joy only through his holy presence you got that now Amen. it's about living an abundant life that you can share with others please pay attention living that abundant life so you can share that abundant life with others and not keep it within yourself Amen. that's what it is about in fact others must be able to draw from you be refreshed be renewed because 
there's an overflowing taking place from your life that they should run to you. That's what the secret was when that woman came and touched his garment. That abundant life was flowing. And that's what you should ask. God, I want that life to flow from me. Look at Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. We are going to see there is one scripture that we need to take a note of very carefully. And that one scripture covers what we are going to talk about. Matthew chapter 11. And it's found in verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist. From the days of John the Baptist, yes. Until now, mm -hmm. the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. The violent should take that by force. Sometimes. Let me ask you a question. If you were traveling back to your hometown and you had all your savings for the last 260 years that you were in Oman, and you had it in your bag and somebody came and stole it from you at the airport, what will you do? Slap one per Let us be honest. Jesus said if he slaps you on one cheek, give the other cheek, you will say, take my wife also and go. <laughs> what else? I don't have anything. Money is gone. What am I going to do? Will you do that? Will you not run after that man? Yes. Because you know that's your life saving. You know there's nothing more. You will run because of violence. Take it by force. Sometimes you need to take it by force because it belongs to you. The enemy wants to snatch what is yours. In the spiritual term also it's the same. The enemy wants to steal and destroy and kill what God has given you. You need to go back to the enemy's camp and take it. Amen? Amen. That's what we need to do. The devil doesn't want you to enjoy righteousness. He doesn't want you to enjoy peace that God has given you. He doesn't want you to enjoy the joy that God has given to you through the Holy Spirit. There are times you and I need to announce to the, to the, to the enemy. And you need to announce it loud. The kingdom of God is mine. Amen. Thank Amen. you. The kingdom of God is mine. It belongs to me. My father has given it to me. And I enjoy everything that comes through the kingdom of God. Amen? My life is going to be, you need to announce that to the enemy. My life is going to be that of righteousness. So he cannot steal that from you. My life is going to be that of peace between me and my wife and my children and not chaos. My life is going to be that of joy in my house. You enemy, pick up your weapons and get out. This is not your place. Amen? Amen. You know that there's a beautiful old song. I went to the enemy camp and I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me. You need to be an old timer like me to know that song. And like pastor also. My brothers and sisters, today we are going to take back what the enemy has stolen from you. Hallelujah. We are going to take back what the enemy has destroyed in your house. Amen. We are going to take back what the enemy has stolen in your job. Amen. We are going to take back everything that the enemy has taken from you. Today will be the day that we are going to take it back in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 13 in verse 10. I want to show you, I want to show you something very important. Genesis chapter 13. Look at verse 10. It says, and that, Lord, one minute brother. It says, these are two cousins. They are uh, uncle and nephew. In verse 10, it says that Lot lifted up his eyes. You see that? You can see. Is it in your Bible? 
Okay, Lot lifted up his eyes because he wanted to do it without the instruction of God. We should never even lift up our eyes if God doesn't tell us to lift up our eyes. Because if you lift it up the way when you want to lift up, the enemy will bring something in front of you which is not your portion and you will want to take that. Amen? Amen. Now I want to show you the uncle, what the uncle does. Look in Genesis chapter 13 verse 14. It says, and God instructed Abraham. You see the difference? One man lifts his eyes on his own, but another man waits for the word from God and then he lifts up his eyes. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. God, give me grace that even to lift up my eyes, I will wait for you to speak to me. Yes, Lord. And we see the difference. It says, lift up thy eyes now. And when Abraham lifted up his eyes, he was able to make a decision because God was directing him. Mm. Amen? Amen? Lot made a very poor choice when he lifted up his eyes. And the outcome was Abraham had to come and help Lot. Now, the first 12 verses in Genesis 14 tells us that there was a war that took place. And as a result of that war, Lot, his family, and all that he had under him was taken as captive. Immediately, Abraham assembled 318 men that were trained in his house earlier, not trained at that time. Please take a note of this. They were not trained when the problem took place. They were trained much earlier than the problem took place. They were trained men that he took and he persuaded the enemy. When Abraham and his men now caught up with the enemy, they didn't attack immediately. Many of us go and attack immediately. What does the Bible say? They waited until night. They waited until night. And when night came, he divided the men now. He attacked the army. You see that? He attacked the enemy. There's a time that you need to attack your enemy. And he rescued his nephew Lot and everything that was under his possession. Amen? 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 Amen. I believe if we take a very careful look at this passage, I'm going to show you three characteristics of faith that will bring forth victory. Three characteristics of faith that brought forth victory. And let us look at the three. My sister, slide. The first one, the force of faith. Number one, the force of faith. Number two, the strategy of faith. And number three, the blessing of faith. This is what we're going to study today. The force of faith, the strategy of faith, and the blessing of faith. We are going to look at these three things of, of faith. Number one, the force of faith. We are, we are looking at now, we are going back to our scripture reading. We are seeing Genesis 14, 14. No, no need of reading it, brother. Uh, we are looking at Genesis 14, 14. It says, when you think of force of faith, what comes to your mind when you talk about the force of faith? The one thing that comes to your mind, strength and power of faith. That's exactly what comes to our mind when we say force of faith. We need a faith that believes God to do the impossibility. That's the faith we have. Not in, our, in ourselves, that my God will do the thing which is impossible. All of us need to possess that type of faith. However, that faith does not stop there. That faith does not stop there. God's word says 
that when Ab when the word came to Abraham that Lot was taken captive, Abraham did something positive. You seen that? He did something positive. Faith in God will cause every Christian to do something positive and something constructive. Many times if somebody has wronged us and they have gone away from us and they have left us and when word comes and says destruction has fallen upon them, what we say, he deserves it. She needs it. They are being paid for what they did. But this man, our father, did something different. There was a positive faith. And that's what you and I need to learn. Abraham immediately organized the army. He ran after to rescue his nephew Lot. Amen. Amen. Abraham was going to take back what the enemy stole from him. Abraham was going to take back what was stolen from his household because Lot belonged to him. Now the question is, what motivated Abraham to do this? That's the question. What motivated Abraham to do this thing which was extraordinary to take back? You'll find this in James chapter 2, verses 20 and 22, 26. James chapter 2, no, no need of reading it, just for your reference, look at it. James chapter 2, verses 20 and 26 says, Faith without works is dead. You see that? I can have all the faith, but if I have no works, it is dead faith. It is fake faith. We need a living faith that will make us to leave our comfort zone and we'll run to help somebody in need. We need a faith, number two, that will help us to organize a small group of people and we will say, listen, join with me now. There is a need. You will collect few of your brethren or your sisters and say, we need to do something different, slide my sister. Number one, what you will do, you will reach the lost. Next slide, sister. You will reach the lost. Number two, you will bring healing to the sick. Number three, you'll bring help to the helpless. Four, you'll bring hope to the hopeless. Number five, you'll bring encouragement to the discouraged. Number six, you'll bring courage to the fearful. Number seven, you'll go and release to the captive. Amen? That's what true faith will do to you. That will make you go beyond the natural. We need a living faith that will say, I am going to seek the lost. Restore them back. And I'm going to restore my fallen brother. My, my brother has fallen. Come, let us go and restore him. Instead of condemning him, we should run to restore that fallen brother. If you're sleeping, say amen. Praise God. I'll get you. Galatians chapter 6. Verses 1 and 2. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. I want to show you something. Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Okay. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in fault. See, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a man in the spirit of how? Gentleness. In? Gentleness. Gentleness in meekness, not because I am holier than thou art, but in meekness I will go and restore this brother because he has fallen. He belongs to my own household. 
Amen. Amen. He belongs to the family of God. Continue to read, brother. Considering? Considering yourself, lest mm -hmm. you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens. And when you bear one another's burdens, you do something what? You fulfill, fulfill the law of Christ. Tell your neighbor, I will bear your burden in Jesus' name. Now, sisters and brothers, you know, you can hold that person accountable. The force of faith will cause you, sister, slide. The force of faith will cause you to go on a rescue mission to rescue the lost and the hopeless. You will go on a rescue mission to rescue the lost and the hopeless. Number two, the force of faith is not you sitting in the corner and waiting for God to do everything. I will go sit in my corner and let God do everything. That's not what the force of faith does. The force of faith will cause you to do something for others, not for yourself. Always remember that. You will always consider, to, you'll consider somebody else. As Christians, we know that we are not saved by works, but we also know that we are saved unto good, good works. works. We are saved unto good works. God is working in you and me that He may work through us to touch the lives of people around us. Amen? Amen? God rescued you and me so that we could continue that rescue mission with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. God sent His Son on a rescue mission to set the sinners free so that we could now work along with Him on this rescue mission in Jesus' name Amen. and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The second point, we've seen the force of faith. Now let us look at the strategy of faith. What is the strategy of faith? And we are taking it from Genesis 14. We are looking at verses 14 and 15. So the question is, what is the strategy of faith? The strategy of faith is a plan or a course of action that helps us to accomplish the task set forth for. If we do not have a strategy, if we do not have a plan of action, we will never accomplish what God has called us to do. We will never accomplish. The force of faith will demand action. The force of faith will demand an action. The strategy of faith demands a course of actions. Let's look a little more closer at the strategy of what Abraham did. Let us look at it. Abraham knew that he could count on the 318 men that he had in his household. He knew these men will get the job done. Can I ask you a question? Don't misunderstand me. If this man of God comes forward, will he know in his heart that we will stand with him to do what God has called us to do? Abraham knew that. And that's the reason he took the 318 men. He knew they will stand with him. He knew they will fight with him. Can this man have the same assurity, our pastor and our pastoral team? My church will walk with me into the battleground. Amen. Amen. That's what he had. And that's what our pastor will, should have. There are six things that I want you to notice about Abraham's army. And we are going to take these six things and consider it in the body of Christ in bread of life. Okay? 
so that we could see the same principle being applied now of what Abraham's strategy was. Number one, they were born in his house, they shared in his faith. That's what the scripture says. They were born in his house and they shared his faith. For a long time, we have been trying to conquer the enemy with those people that are not part of us. We want to take people of outside, bring them to the church, try something new. Don't do it. Don't do it. You have enough within the body of Christ to accomplish the work of God. Amen? Amen. You have. Have you seen many churches, when they're opening a new church, they will call a politician to come and stand there. They will call an actor to come and stand there. So that the actor and the politician will draw a crowd so that the church will become full. Then what you will get in the church? Gymnastics. <laughs> Shah Rukh Khan will be dancing there. And this is true. This is happening in my country. How is it in Nigeria, Pastor Sean? Okay. So be very careful. When you want to do something, your first strategy, is that man born again? Does he belong to the body of Christ? Does he share my faith? Mm. Amen. Those are the people that you need to choose. Don't go call Tom, Dick and Harry. They will put you out and they will become the pastor. Mm -hmm. It's happening. This is all true. It's happening right around us. Number two, they were trained. So number one, they were born in his household. They shared his faith. Number two, they were trained. If soldiers are not trained, they will be easily defeated in the battleground. One of the purpose of the church... One of the purpose of the church is to train you and me to become soldiers of Christ. Amen. Don't want to be soldiers. Nice chair to sit down. Bring one masala tea and come. I will have that also. Christians need to be trained for what? Okay, what do we need to be trained for? There's a question. Number one, we, you and I, need to be trained to study the Word of God. Is it happening in Bread of Life? Yes. Is it happening in Bread of Life? Yes. We are having the Bible study. So we know we are on the right track, number one. Number two, Christians need to know how to pray. Is it happening in Bread of Life? Amen. There's the man. He's the man. Yes. It's happening. But are you a part of it? Mm. I don't know, brother. Too much of work. Wife is giving me a hard time. Children are <laughs> taking all my time. Number three, the most important I want to show you. Number one, is to study the word of God. Number two, to be effective prayer warriors. There's one more thing that the church needs to teach its people. To recognize who the real enemy is. We do not recognize the enemy. There are wolves in sheep's clothing. The enemy has planted them. And that's the job of the church leadership. To teach their saints to recognize. As much as you study the word... The better you know the Bible, the better you are equipped to fight the battle. Amen. Dead, already dead. Amen. I'll catch you once again. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. No need of reading. I want to show you something, what the church has within itself. I know there are many people who say, why do we need Pastor Abraham? Why do we need leadership? We don't need them. We can run ourselves. There are many people who say that. If the moment the pastor corrects you or rebukes you, why we need him? We don't need him. Send him away. 
We say that because we do that in our offices. I want to show you why we need these men of God. I want to show you. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. What has God given within the church? Are you having your Bibles open? Yes. Has He given us Shahrukh Khan's? No. Ah, thank you. He has given some to be? Apostles. Amen. The second, He has given apostles in the church. Number two, what He has given us? Prophets. He has given us prophets within the church. Number three, what has He given us? Evangelists. He has given evangelists. Number four? Pastors. He has given us pastors in the church. Number five. Teachers. Now he has given this fivefold ministry within the body of Christ. Now, what is this ministry for? Why has he given this fivefold ministry within the body of Christ? Number see, look at verse six. I mean verse 12, it says, for, for the, the perfecting. For the you see that word? To get us better. We are here, but to make us better of equipping the saints for what? For the work of the ministry. For the work of the ministry that they have started. Now they'll give it over to you. They are perfecting you for that ministry. And then, for what for, else? Now to? For the edifying of the, the body. To the edifying of the body of, of Christ. Christ. That's what the fivefold ministry is supposed to do within the body of Christ. Then, till what? Till when? We all come to the unity of till the faith. Till we come, number one, before evangelism, before you go out, what you have to become? Unity of one faith. in faith. faith. The disciples, when they became one in faith, the Holy Spirit came, they went forth. And that's what the fivefold ministry is supposed to do within the body of Christ to make us one in faith. And once we become knowledge of faith in Christ, what's the second? Knowledge of, of the, the Son of God. To know who Jesus is. He has conquered death, He has conquered sin, He is a conqueror. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Sleeping church. Unto what? Unto the perfecting of man. That's what the, 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 the fivefold ministry is there. And what? At the last, what, what happens when they are getting you ready? Look at the last word. Unto the, to the measure, measure of, of the, the status of the fullness of, the fullness of, of Christ. Christ. Amen? Amen. At the last, at the end of your journey, the church, the fivefold ministry will be glad to send you forth that you have now become the fullness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. We see the next one is they were harmed. Look at that. Mm. It takes more than zeal and courage to win a battle. We must have effective equipment. Our equipment should be effective. What is the equipment? In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18, is after you get trained into the image of Christ, now you are getting ready. We need, number one, we need the weapon of God's word. Number one, the word of God. Number two, the blood of Jesus Christ. You should know what's the power of Jesus, the, the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. You should know. Because you cannot go to the battleground without the blood of Jesus Christ upon yourself. Mm. You will become a casualty in it. Mm. I have seen people. I have seen two priests who were beaten by the, by the demon and they ran naked. I was sorry, I didn't see. I was told by my parents. That the two men came to deliver my mother who was possessed and the demon beat them both up. When you are not prepared and you do not have the weapons of warfare, you must not become a casualty in Jesus' name. Amen. Then, 
What's the next? You must have the word of your testimony. Your, that's the reason the demons said, we, Paul, we knew. Jesus, we knew. Who are you? Your testimony should go before you mm. in evangelism. And last, you should know the power of the name of Jesus. Mm. There is healing in the power of, in the Amen. name of Jesus. Amen. There is salvation in his name. Amen. There is deliverance in his name. Amen. There is reconciliation in his Amen. name. In his name, mighty things can happen in Jesus' Hallelujah. name. If you know this, if you know what is the word of God, if you know the blood of Christ is upon you, then you know you can apply the name of Jesus for your spiritual warfare. Amen. Amen. They believed in their leader. Now I want to come to a very sensitive part. The army, Abraham's army, believed in the leader. What does that tell us in Bread of Life? We need to believe in our leadership. leaders. God has placed leadership. God has placed our pastor. God has placed pastoral team. We need to believe in them. Amen. Amen. We need to believe, more than that, we need to believe in the completed work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Because only He won the battle. Amen. He was the only one who was the overcomer. And He gives us victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Five, they were united. They were united. united. They were not three armies, but they were one army. Bread of life, we need to be one in order to win the battle. Amen. One thing we need to have, what is our battle banner? United, we march under the blood-stained banner of our Lord Jesus Christ. United, we march under the blood-stained banner of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Number six, they were single-minded. They were single-minded. Their one goal was not personal gain, not victory over the enemy. Their one goal was we need to go and rescue the enemy. Uh, the, uh, our, our household. We need to go to the enemy's camp and rescue our household. My brothers and sisters, the call and the cause of our Lord Jesus Christ is to set captives free to rescue the perishing. That's the call of Christ. My last point, the blessing of faith. What is the blessing of faith? Upon returning after the victory, we find somebody coming to meet Abraham and he is Melchizedek. Melchizedek is a type of Jesus Christ. Many writers, scholars have said that he should be Jesus Christ. I'll tell you why. Melchizedek had no beginning and no end. And we know that Jesus is eternal. Amen? Amen. I want to point out a few things about Melchizedek. Melchizedek means king of righteousness. Our Lord Jesus is the king of righteousness. righteousness. The Lord Jesus Christ blesses our faith by giving unto us righteousness. Mm. Our entrance into God's kingdom and His blessing is the result and faith of the righteous work of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Melchizedek is the, was the king of Salem. Salem means peace. The Lord Jesus is the king of peace. peace. Amen? Amen? First, you need to have the peace of God. Then you can have peace with God. Amen? Amen. My brethren, I want you to think for a minute. When Abraham rescued Lot after the battle, and they had this journey to come from the, from the battleground to the home, what could be the conversation between Abraham and Lot? Have you ever thought of it? The Bible's not recorded anything. But what could have been a conversation between these two men? Lot could have said, he could have made many promises. Do you know we make a lot of promises when we are in trouble? Huh? 
when you go to hospital, how many promises you make when you're on the bed? When God wants you to make promises, he'll put you to lie down sometimes. Yeah. How many, all of you, any of you were sick any time? No sick, all perfect health. Wow. Holy Spirit is here and everyone saying perfect health. I was one year in bed. Lot of promises. Can you think for a moment what would have been the conversation between these two men, uncle and nephew? Lot would have made a lot of promises. God, I will never go back the wrong way. I chose this path. I never let my uncle choose this path. I lifted up my eyes. I never waited for you to tell me to lift my eyes. I will go back and live a righteous life. I will never go back to this place because I know what a Sodom and Gomorrah are doing. He, made, he would have made that promise. Number two, he would have told uncle, thank you very much for saving me. Without you, I'm going to come back with you. Let us join in business. Our, my sheep will be your sheep. Your sheep, I don't want it to be mine, but my sheep will be yours. My herdsman will be yours. Don't want your herdsman. All those promises he would have made. Uncle, I will never separate from you. Do you know something? Neither the Lord's chastening or the Lord's goodness ever changed Lord's life. You saw? He chastened him. And his goodness, Lord, after some time, went back to Sodom. How many of us, the enemy has done havoc in our lives we are struggling to get out of lust. We are struggling of lying. We are struggling of cheating. We are struggling of envy. We are struggling of hatred. We are struggling of jealousy. We are struggling with boasting. But today is the day for you that you will struggle no more in Jesus' name. Amen. I call the ushers quickly, please. We are going to do something different today. 2013, I had an audit done in our church. How many of you remember that? How many of you remember the audit that I did in 2013? January, we did an audit. We are going to do a, an audit on your life today. I want you to, please pay attention. Don't look at ushers. Please, please, please. There's something important here. This is not a gimmick. It's not a drama. If you decide today that you want to get right with God, I want you to take a piece of paper when they come. And before you can answer that paper, I want you to say, Lord, I want to make a difference for you. I'm going to answer this paper sincerely. We are given 15 minutes. The first portion is for everybody. The second portion, this is it, brother. Somebody start here, please. The second portion is, if you look very carefully, the paper is coming to you. Can I have quickly, please? Quickly, quickly. Ashes, come on. The second part is for different people. Like for students, we have for women. Please, men, don't answer the women's portion. Okay? We have for students... We have for children, we have for men. So the second part, just only take what concerns you. Quickly. I want everybody who wants to make a decision that I, Lord, I need to, to audit myself today. Can you speak to me today? Take a piece of paper. And if you want a pencil, just lift up your hand. The ushers will give you a pencil also. Quickly. You can start, but before you start, just take a 30 second prayer and say, God, I want to have a change. I want there to be a transformation. Vivek. With all honesty, before God as your witness, do it.
and one more thing the moment you start if you will get a thing maybe maybe not maybe only the enemy will try to play with your mind be careful you have only 15 minutes for this quickly don't waste time read the question think it's an examination you need to bring your pens to the house of god you need to bring your books to the house of god so that you are taking notes here i hope you're filling up the form don't read the questions all together just take one question at a time and keep doing it in 15 minutes we'll be stopping never never think this is not for you if you think that you are strong that's a dangerous place don't tell your friend what to answer it's just yes or no my brother and you please don't be taking this forms and going home you fill it up here in the sanctuary of god back portion is ministry one portion is for students one is for women and one is for men
if you have filled the form i want you to see the portions where you're falling short look at it very carefully and ask the lord lord these are the areas that i'm falling short in lord i'm struggling will you help me time over again i try and i fall i need your help There are some serious questions in that list. NG for C, come forward. Those of you who have finished, I'm going to have an altar call going to be made. Most of the time when we have the victory night, there's only 75% here. So it's a time if you want prayer to be given to you, you can come forward. Number two, everybody who has filled up the form, if you have filled up the form, I want you to come forward and place your form in one of these baskets, like how we do communion. You'll come like this. You will place your form in this basket. If you want one of the pastoral team, the elders, to pray for you, you can spend time for a minute they will pray for you and then you can go back to the seat. I would request the pastoral team to come. Uh, cut the volume, cut the music, my brother. And while you come, Check. ask Check. the Lord, Lord, I don't want 2017 to be repeated what I've struggled all these years. I want a, I want a change in my heart. I request the pastoral team to come forward, please. Let the men of God pray for you. Let them take back what the enemy has stolen from you. And you will have a victorious life. If you are finished, you can come and put the form. And here are the men of God who will pray for you. Make this a serious thing between you and God. It can be any need, not just only this need. If there's anything, come forward and let them pray over you. 2017 is going to be a year of abundance for you in Jesus' name.
Father, you are 
questions today and I want to repeat some of those questions because these are questions which we need to answer it's not about us as a church it's about us as individual persons how does your faith manifest is it all about word words or does your faith manifest in action ask yourself that question if you are a man or a woman of many words and no action it's time to talk to God it's time to turn faith without action is dead faith without works is dead ask yourself that question are you manifesting your faith in action Have you been told by God what he wants you to accomplish in your life? If so, have you got a plan? What strategy are you following? You can't be tumbling from one thing to the next thing. Talk to God. Jesus had a strategy when he walked on this earth. Three years of his ministry, he did a lot of good works, but his strategy was always leading him to the cross because that was the objective. Have you got an objective? Have you got a strategy? What is your weapon of warfare today? Do you do what the world does and fight with your mouth or your fists? Or have you used the word of God as your weapon of warfare? What is your weapon of warfare today? Turn to God. Talk to God.
surrender yourself to him it's your time with god it's just for you to tell god that god raise me up change the standard of my living i don't want to be just another fish in the ocean i want to be the fish i want to be different i want to make a difference for you lord god raise me up change my language change my attitude change my behavior change my thinking change my walk i want to be a warrior for you in this world father we just want to say thank you lord father thank you lord that you have once again reminded us lord father the force of faith lord we thank you lord that you've reminded us of the blessings of faith lord and the strategy lord father father we thank you lord that you have shaken us up out of the stupor of our daily living lord father and you have put back into us the thought that there is a reason for our living lord father father god i pray lord that we will not be the same people that we were that we will truly activate faith lord father we will truly live a life of faith lord we thank you we praise you and i thank you lord father for our dear brother who you used this day lord father i pray lord that you will anoint him the more lord father and even as you do so you will give him words of wisdom that he will bring across to us lord father in powerful ways we pray lord that you bless him and his family lord father and make them useful in your kingdom lord father i thank you i praise you in jesus name we pray amen church we are not stopping there we still have two prayer points and number one i want you to pray for every one of these people this is the next generation for christ pray for them talk to god commit them into the lord's hands there is a world that is attractive out there but they have chosen to serve god Father we thank you Lord Father for every young man young woman Lord Father who has chosen to be in the next generation for Christ ministry Lord Father we thank you for them Lord we thank you for their zeal to serve you Lord Father we thank you for the love they have for you Lord Father and we pray Lord that you will be with them Lord you will make the mighty warriors in your kingdom Lord Father Father every desire of their hearts meet it lord father father god bless them as they bless so many others lord father we just commit them into your hands protect them from the wiles of the devil lord father and keep them safe for your kingdom purposes lord we thank you for every one of them in jesus name we pray amen finally one more prayer we need to thank god for the new baby who was born to sister rupa and brother binsa last week So church let's just take a minute thank god mother is fine baby is fine everyone is fine
Brother Binsa is also fine. So let's thank God for them. Father God, we just want to thank you, Lord Father, for Brother Binsa, Sister Rupa, and the new baby you have given them, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord Father, for this child, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord, for blessing them as a family, Lord Father. And we thank you, Lord, that it's you who's leading them and guiding them. We pray, Lord, that you will continue to watch over them, Lord Father, and, and, and bring them over here, Lord Father, as a family, that they could stand and testify, Lord Father. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Let's move outside and fellowship out here.